Welcome to the Better Wealth Podcast, Enlightened Discipline. I'm Matt Haller, and I'll be your host for today's podcast, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Stoffer, an experienced financial advisor who's a designated CFP or certified financial planner and the managing partner of Better Wealth. This podcast is brought to you by Better Wealth, located in California, Silicon Valley, serving individual investors and companies from the United States. So we're going over the 10 disciplines of better wealth. And today we're going to talk about number seven. This is very timely because there's been some new legislation that has come out talking about transparency. So Scott, tell us a little bit about what number seven is. Sure, Matt, you know, number seven is know how much your investments cost you. Just a quick review. We started off with number one, which was understand what you cannot control. Number two was identify your goals and write them down. Number three was just start saving towards your goals. Number four was find your balance um, about asset allocation. Number five, tilt your allocation. Number six, taking advantage of a 10% discount is a good deal, but a 20% uh, discount is a better deal. And here we are with know how much your investments cost you. And I just, in, in some ways, we almost should have made this one number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really do believe that with some of the recent changes in the industry, um, it, it's getting just so much um, so much more critical for people to understand what your investments cost you because it, it can really take money away from your long-term savings goals. So that's what this one is all about. Well, how do you communicate that? I mean, I've seen the... Uh, things that I get from investment companies, and they're 80 pages long, and it's a bunch of weird speak that I don't really understand. How do I decipher that stuff and really figure out how much my investments do cost me? You know, that's a great question. And um, when I first started my career, I used to teach a lot of investment classes. And I always said that the best question any investor could ask an advisor or any custodian or anywhere they're going to you know, look at investing some of their money is, um, how do you get paid? Um, you know, then, then they answer that question. And then you ask it again, you know, and, and you just ask that question over and over and over again in, in different ways. So you might ask somebody you're sitting down thinking of working with, you know, how do you get paid? Okay, well, how does your company get paid? Are there any other ways that you get paid? Um, how do the investment companies that you're recommending get paid? Just keep on asking that question over and over and over again, and, and, and you'll get to the bottom of things. Um, you know, reading those 80-page disclosures is hard. Um, it's difficult. And, and I think just because um, we disclose something doesn't mean that it's in your best interest. So you really do need to ask a lot of questions. We also talk a lot about conflicts of interest. I think um, that's really important. When, when you understand what somebody's interests are, you have a better chance of seeing if your interests are aligned. And so just talking about those conflicts of interest, there's naturally going to be some in just about every business interaction we have. The most important thing is that in normal business interactions, we know what those potential conflicts of interest are, and we can make an assessment of what's good for us or what's not good for us. Explain a little bit more about what a conflict of interest is and how that could sway an advisor one way or the other. Yeah, you know, there was a good show um, a couple months ago by John Oliver and HBO about um, are you a fiduciary, I think is what it was. And it, and it got a lot of good coverage in the press. So sometimes just going to your advisor and asking them, hey, are you a fiduciary? You know, a fiduciary is a higher standard that not everybody in the industry has to have. And, uh, you know, there's the Department of, of Labor, U.S. Department of Labor has recently made some changes on this. So it's a good time to ask that question. And basically that fiduciary standard means that 
any financial advisor who is a fiduciary has to put the client's financial interests ahead of their own financial interests. Mm -hmm. And the way we do that is by disclosing those potential conflicts of interest and talking about them in plain English. Um, and you know, you can go online, you can just Google, you know, how to understand my investment costs and you're going to see a ton of different articles and other things that are out there that are easy. But sometimes just going to your advisor and asking them, are you a fiduciary? Um, and understanding that and seeing how they respond to that is going to be a good, a good answer. You know, I also like to say that there's sort of four broad areas of investment costs that we're trying to keep our eyes on. Um, one is the actual investment cost. Uh, it can be different depending upon the kind of investment that you have. Normally, we talk about it in terms of an expense ratio. What is that company? Um, what is that product? You know, charge for them to 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 run that business themselves. Um, we talk about a transaction cost. Are there costs to buy and sell that investment? We talk about um, investment advice cost. That's my cost. Uh, we want to be really clear and upfront about that and and what the value is that you get from that. And, and then there's all the other things that I talk about that are probably the most important, which are the disclosed but hard-to-find hard costs. Um, again, those are the disclosed but hard-to-find costs. And those are those 80-page documents where you find out, oh, is this company paying money to this company to carry their product and things like that? And, and those are things that I think can really um, provide a cloudy outlook uh, for people in, in terms of their investments. So you really want to understand those. So again, asking that question, how do you get paid? How does your company get paid? Is there any other ways your company get paid? You know, things like that can help you get to the bottom and decide, are there too many conflicts of interest that you might want to take another route? That's really what changed my career path uh, about four or five years ago when I started my own company because I just um, felt like there were too many conflicts of interest with the company I was working at that it was so hard for clients to understand how I got paid that I thought, you know what, we need to make this a little bit more transparent, a lot easier for people to understand. And, and I became what's called a registered investment advisor um, with a higher fiduciary standard. And I think that really does make a big difference. So are most advisors transparent about the real costs of their investments? You know, that's a good question. And, and I hate to say it, but I, I really don't think so. Um, in our industry, the, the financial services industry, which includes both uh, broker dealers and registered investment advisors, uh, you know, generally speaking, I think that they, they talk about how they get paid, but not necessarily how their company gets paid. You know, and they rely on their employer to do all the disclosure work, but most clients don't read that disclosures. And that's where we see that um, you know, certain companies are, are paid extra money to sort of uh, carry their product. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that's, that's as transparent as we need to be. So again, asking that question, how do you get paid? How does your company get paid? Um, can you explain the disclosures to me so I know what's going on? It's tough for uh, individuals to figure it out. But thankfully, you know, you now have comedians on HBO talking about, our, is your advisor a fiduciary, right? So Hopefully, I think it's getting easier for folks along the way. And you have said that there are some great tools that you can use uh, in order to find out what those real costs are. So let's break down these tools and empower our listeners to be able to ask the right questions to their advisors. Yeah, you know, it's um, whenever anybody comes to me and they say, hey, this is my current portfolio. Can you help me understand my costs or my advisor or other things like that? One of the first places I go to, and generally we'll do it together, is I'll pull up Morningstar.com and I'll start to type in some of the symbols of the investments they have and I'll explain to them, you know, here are the costs, 
here's how it works, who's running the company. You know, sometimes we'll go to something called feex.com. That's F-E-E-X.com. Mm-hmm. And that's a good place where you can put in your portfolio and they'll tell you what your costs are. Wow. Um, I'm always also going to make sure that we go to something called FINRA. Dot org. That's F-I-N-R-A dot O-R-G. That's the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. FINRA.org is going to tell me a little bit about the advisor. Have they had any um, claims against them, complaints? Have they had any settlements? Uh, I'm also going to go to the SEC.gov. That's the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. I'm going to look there and see uh, a little bit about something called the ADV that all advisors, if they're providing financial advice, have to have to have listed on. And so we'll look at those documents together and I'll try to educate people and see uh, if they understand how uh, their investments are, are being managed and if they understand what the costs associated with that. But again, you know, in some ways, the best tool is just asking that same question over and over again. How do you get paid? Is there any other way you get paid? How does your company get paid? And, and, and you can get to the bottom of it. Well, Scott, people should be able to be paid, though. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here. So I'm working with an advisor and I'm asking those multi-layered questions, you know, well, how do they get paid? How do they get paid? Is there a range or is there an acceptable amount uh, that that FINRA and being a fiduciary actually allows you to have? Because, Scott, if I'm going to hire you as my advisor, you're running a business and you're providing me with a service. I should pay you. Uh, And there are people who are working on these products and services that are out there. Shouldn't they have an opportunity to get paid, too? Yeah, you know, it, it, absolutely. And I always say to, to prospective clients or even to my existing clients, well, you work a job and, and you get paid um, and you think that's a fair transaction. And, and most of us think we're underpaid uh, for the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's okay to get paid. I just think the, the issue is, can you understand all the value you're getting? And so many times, you know, if, if you know exactly what you're doing in your job to get paid and your employer knows that, but so many times you don't understand the cost of what your investment portfolio is and you don't know what your investment professionals are getting paid. And sometimes, you know, there really isn't a limit. If I wanted to charge, you know, 10% for people to work with me, I could as long as I disclose it, right? So mm-hmm. I think generally, you know, dependent upon whether you're a full service financial advisory firm or whether you're a discount brokerage, I, I think you want to be thinking um, somewhere around 1% or less for the, for the fees that you should be seeing on your portfolio. Uh, and that includes all the investment advice. Um, you know, I, I like to tell people one of the things we, we try to do is um, we charge what we need, not what we can. Mm. Um, and that's sort of a, a nice little quote, I think, to think about just sort of our transparency and what we, you know, yes, I could charge more, but, but uh, that's not the game. With this new regulation that came out, which is coming into effect here very, very soon, uh, we're, we're recording this in 2016. It's going to come into play in 2017, and it's really going to impact the industry for a long time. Insurance products in this regulation are surprisingly absent. Tell me about insurance products. How do they charge, and how do we find out really what the real costs of insurance products are? Yeah, Matt, you know, I, I used to sell insurance products early in my career and I, and I went away from it and I don't do it anymore. So I always try to disclose my bias a little bit on this. And, um, uh, I think there are probably people, good people out there who, who want to represent those products. Um, I've decided not to. And really it's because I only think that those products are maybe appropriate less than 20% of the time in my experience. Um, so most insurance products, 
always come with some kind of guarantee and that guarantee generally costs a lot of money. And so if in, in those situations, you really need to make sure that the guarantee is worth it because, you know, odds are it's probably going to cost 2% or more, um, you know, in addition to your regular investment costs just to get that guarantee. So sometimes it's appropriate and, and I've made a decision in my business that if that happens, then that, then I'll be happy to direct that client someplace else. But more often than not, if we do a lot of good job um, on the education and understanding what your goals and time horizon is, you don't need to spend that extra money. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I don't want to be disparaging, but um, that's just my personal view, and I'm sure there are good people out there that, that can make it work. There's a lot of money uh, from those folks trying to sell those insurance products. There's a lot of uh, ways that they're missold, uh, mostly to seniors, I might say, but um, it's something I've decided to stay away from. And, and try to keep it simple in other ways. But it's a good question, and, and I think there'll be a lot of changes coming. And asking those multi-level questions like Scott talked about right at the beginning, how do they get paid? How do they get paid? And, and just dive deep into these questions really can make a huge difference just for your education as a consumer, but also being able to test the transparency level and the honesty of the financial services professional you're working with. So Scott, any uh, parting thoughts here? No, I, I think just ask that question and try to find uh, good situations where your interests are aligned. So we've been talking about the 10 disciplines of better wealth. Today, we talked about knowing how much your investments really do cost you. And so that's it for today's Better Wealth Podcast. I'm Matt Hallen for Scott Stoffer. Please make sure you follow us at betterwealth.us. And when you're ready to have an advisor who's focused on doing what works better for your success, Scott and his team are available to chat in person, on the phone, or in a video conference. 